not singing this morning. Sorry to disappoint you, but uh, there'll be no high notes nailed this morning. I'm dying. Absolutely dying. I've shares in Diageo. And I don't think I'm even fully dying because I don't think my hangover has fully kicked in yet. But anyway, I was thinking to myself, what the fuck am I going to talk about? I mean, dying. I should have fucking... The usual shite came into mind, like, you know... Oh, you have to bank a load of fucking episodes so this doesn't keep fucking happening you perpetually. Will you fucking learn from your mistakes and stop burning the ears off people about how you keep fucking doing the same thing all the time, making the same mistake, basically, endlessly? Because it's funny, and it's something we've touched on before. There's an expression that, you know, we, we learn from our mistakes. It's like, do we? Because for me, personally, I learn from doing things the right way. So what will happen, hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, what will hopefully happen is... At some point in my life, hopefully not in the distant future, I'll actually bank a load of episodes and record them at my leisure. But until that time, here we are. And before I hit record there, I was thinking, right, well, I have to think of something to talk about, obviously. And I said to myself, what happened I fucking told them about? And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, warrior training. So about six months ago, a little bit more maybe, herself floated the idea of Fionn doing some sort of martial arts. So Fionn is my seven-year-old. And I was like, oh, well, if he's going to do martial arts, it needs to be mixed martial arts. It's fucking the only thing worth learning, as far as I'm concerned. And she goes, yeah, but, like, there's no one around here doing it. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, okay. And then she floated the idea of him doing taekwondo. And I was like, ah, no. And then she floated the idea of him doing karate. And I was like, ah, no. And she's like, well, he wants to do some sort of martial art. I think it would be good for him. And I'm going to send him to one of these things. And I basically said over my dead fucking body and she was like well fucking what do you suggest then and I said I'll train so about six months ago and every Monday since I've been taking uh, four or five kids and teaching them it was it started out as jujitsu but that didn't really work as well as I'd like to do it as well as I would have liked to because it was too it was too one-dimensional as far as I was concerned it was too one-dimensional so I started incorporating different things. So basically what I have them doing is I have 15 foot lengths of 4x2s that are wrapped in plastic just to keep the splinters at bay. And I have them balancing on them. So they just, at, at the start, they were lying on their side. They'd walk down the length of it, turn around and walk back. And then I upped it a little. Once they got comfortable with doing that, I upped it a little. And by upping it a little... I blindfolded them, or didn't blindfold them, per se. I got them to close their eyes and do it. And it's gas. And I challenge anybody to do it. If you have a curb around your house or in your estate or anywhere near you where you live, walk along the curb and try not to fall off. Like, try and keep your balance on the edge of the curb. And then do it with your eyes closed. Like, it's incredible. I've had the privilege to ask probably 20 different adults to do it. Walk up and down the plank of timber, no bother at all. Close their eyes, and the second their eyes close, they just fall off. Like, it's incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult. And you tell that to people. You say it to them. You say, you know, try this, it's going to be really hard. And they kind of look at you, and they're like, what do you mean it's going to be really hard? It's not going to be really hard. You're a lunatic. And then they do it. The second their eyes close, they fall off. It's just, it's, it's incredible. But the kids copped on fairly quick. They got their balance right soon enough and then I put it up on its edge so that only on t- walking on two inches fucking blindfolded no small feet and the whole point of what we now what has evolved into what we call warrior training 
because that's the other thing that branding is so important and the, the, the labels you give things are so important because when I get the kids to walk along the length of timber, I don't call that the walking along the length of timber thing. I call it the plank of death. And they love that. The kids fucking love that. And they love the fact that it's called warrior training. Like, it could be balance and coordination training. But, you know, it doesn't exactly have the same fucking ring to it. You know, warrior training sounds cool. And I got to be roaring and shouting at them. Like, I'm a real drill sergeant. Roaring and shouting. Like, roaring and shouting. Barking orders at them. Do this, do that, do it now. And they love it. Because... What I think, at least part of what they love about it is, they're treated like adults, and they genuinely are treated like adults. And it's funny because adults wouldn't particularly like it, I don't think, the way I speak to them. Certain people would. Again, it's relative. So when I started training with Kokoro 100 years ago in, in MMA, the owner and head coach, a guy called Shane Thomas, he was a real drill sergeant. Like, a real fucking drill sergeant. He'd bollock you out of it for anything all the time, every second. And I loved that. I lapped that up. I wanted that. And it's not that I like people shouting at me. But one thing that I really, really hate is uh, people being disruptive when you're trying to learn something. But that never happened with Shane Thomas. Because if you spoke while he was speaking, he'd fucking lift you out of it. And he'd fuck you out. If he did it a second time, he just open the door and say, fuck off home, lad. Not here. You don't talk when I'm talking, and that's fucking it. And I love that. I don't know what it is. There's something There's something about the order. And I suppose that the, the, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the appealing end of authoritarianism. Like, I've often given out about authoritarianism. But like anything, it's a double-sided coin, or it's a fucking quadruple-sized fucking shape. Cube, there we go. That's the hangover kicking in. It's a quadruple side shape. It's a cube. But the point being that things aren't things usually aren't binary. They're usually not one or the other. There's always a bit of a bit of a mix. And there's a massive upside to authoritarianism. Like there was a massive upside to a lot of people during COVID with the lockdowns and the restrictions and all the rest of it. Because a lot of people they just they looked up to the government and were like, tell us what to do and we'll do it. Some people need leadership. And I, I must actually do a bit of a dive on that in relation to a personality perspective, like a scientific perspective. Like, what is it about people who want to be essentially under the thumb of a dictator, say? But anyway, I fucking digress again. <laughs> warrior training in front of them. Tell them about the fucking warrior training. It's essentially about balance and coordination and teamwork, but it's never sold like that. So I just run by a couple of things that I do. I have a large matted area. And so the kids kick their shoes off and they can roll and tumble and fall and bang their heads off the ground and, you know, with relative safety. And what I'll do is I have a huge net, essentially, that I have rolled out onto the ground. I put six tyres on it, one in each corner and then two either side of the middle. And they crawl underneath it. I get them to go down on their bellies and they crawl up and down it. And it's absolutely excruciatingly tiresome. But it warms them up because the place down there does be freezing. So they get a little warm up. But even that, like I have them going under cargo netting, doing, you know, army crawls. And there's a coolness to it. I could have them doing jumping jacks and running on the spot. 
But it's not the same as getting on your fucking belly and crawling underneath it while I'm shouting at you. Move, 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 move. Get a fucking wrinkle on. And they love it. Like they, they love the tempo of it. They love the... It makes their heart race. And then because I'm shouting at them all the time and I'm constantly telling them that they're essentially doing things wrong and correcting their form in whatever it is that we're doing. Because we do a bit of striking and we do sprawling and we do, we do all sorts of bits and pieces. But when you're roaring and shouting at somebody all the time, when that somebody pulls you aside halfway through the class or at the end of the class and just looks you in the eye and go, do you know what, lad? You actually did really well there. Fair play. You can just see them. They just light up. They, they, they just love it. Because your mammy telling you you're great is one thing. But the drill sergeant who's roaring and shouting and is the big man figure in the fucking... Like, I, I'm a real authoritarian figure down there. And to get that kind of pat on the back from a persona like that just seems to mean the world to kids. And it probably fucking means the world to adults as well. I mean, it meant the world to me when Shane Thomas was roaring and shouting at me in Cokero telling me that I could do better and I could do more and that I wasn't making the effort. And then, you know, you hear that day in, day out for weeks on end. And then he calls you up uh, to, uh, you know, a sparring session or something. And he, or he invites you on to the fight team. And it's like, holy shit, like that's fucking transformative like massively so like that guy takes no shit he's not this isn't a platitude he's given me like he means it like and it's funny because on one hand i think we we get far too much praise and encouragement and on the other hand i don't think we get nearly enough of it again it's like anything else it's a balancing act but i'll just give you a little bit of an insight of what i've been doing with the kids because this is my i suppose it's my it's my creative outlet as i mentioned in the podcast episode yesterday openness is probably my defining personality trait and openness it's the creativity dimension so artists and anybody who's remotely creative artists are a classic example entrepreneurs are another classic example so I started my own business which kind of makes me an entrepreneur but not all people who own businesses are entrepreneurs not all people who start businesses are entrepreneurs. If you've made something brand new as a business, yes, you're an entrepreneur. But somebody who signs up to a franchise, they're not, they're not an entrepreneur per se because they're being told exactly what to do. You literally get a process flow of what to do, when to do it, and how to deal with whatever problems or hiccups you have along the way. And that's not entrepreneurship. It's business, don't get me wrong. But it's not entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship has to have an element of creativity in it. There has to be... Um, and when I set up my business originally, one of the things I loved about it was that just everything, it was it was so creative. I got to thrive. I was like, like okay, right, where do we put this and what we do with that? And you were just problem solving all the time and you had to engage your brain and, and come up with things. And I love all that kind of stuff. What I hate, like the opposite of openness or the opposite of creativity is essentially conservatism. It's when everything stays the same. Nothing ever changes. That drives me nuts. I need, I need, I need something to sink my teeth into. I need things, in a weird way, I need things to go wrong so I can fix them. It, it keeps me... It keeps me on an edge. It keeps me kind of sharp. And I, I, I thrive in that kind of an environment. But the problem that I have with my business at the present, because I'm doing it seven years, it's settled down into a very factory-like setting. Like there's process flows for everything. There's a way of doing everything. 
every day is different, but every week is the same. And because I'm starting to train in somebody, I'm being reminded of how by the book it is. Like I could set my business up as a franchise. I could hand somebody my process flow and I could hand somebody my food safety management plan and I could hand them all the different things that they need to run and run the business that I have. They can do it somewhere else, obviously. And the business is doing well and everything's set up and everything's been ironed out and it's great. But I miss I miss the, the creative buzz of it all. And that's what the warrior training has given me because every week has been different. I'm adding to it all the time. I'm putting in new things. I'm getting rid of old things. I'm improving things step by step, bit by bit. And it's becoming something. And it's becoming something that I reckon that I could probably roll out. And there's an excitement about it. Anytime that I think about it, even now I can feel myself getting kind of energized by it. And that's that's pure openness. That's pure novelty. That's pure creativity. And I thrive in that type of environment. So... My business is doing well and that's fantastic, but my personality is out of sync with what my business has become. My personality and getting the business out of the ground were perfectly aligned. I was doing exactly what I wanted to be doing all the time. Not without its fucking pitfalls and its bollocks, but you're engaged. You, you feel more alive, or at least I do. You feel, I feel more alive when I'm actively engaged in a creative endeavor. And the cool thing about warrior training is you have a goal. And your goal, or my goal at least down there, is to get the kids proficient in what? In everything. So they're walking along the plank of death, a fucking 15 foot length of 4 by 2 nothing fancy. And they're doing it blindfolded. And then I have these pool noodle things, and I'd be tapping them in the head as they walk by to try and put them off balance. And yes, it is a balancing... It is a balancing thing. It's a, it's a balancing act, essentially. But... It's not just balance. All the little micro movements you make to stop yourself from falling off left or right. Like you're you're improving you're improving your physique. Doing that kind of balance work will make you a better footballer. It'll make you a better hurler, rugby player, fighter, anything. So the real fundamental skills that you're learning. Another thing that I do is I have a, a bouncing castle, a small enough what is it? It's about the size of a car, say. So it's small in bouncing castle terms, but massive when you put it indoors and blow it up. And I put it on the corner of the mats and I get the kids to line up and I go, right, go to the first one. And the idea is that they have to run into, run towards it as fast as they can and dive into it. As soon as they leave the ground and are midair about to fall into it, I start screaming at them. Get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. Get out of the bouncing castle, get out of the bouncing castle. And just the act of, there's almost like a fright. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm not even in it. And he's screaming at me to get out. And then they land in it. And if you've ever tried to run in really soft sand, or if you've ever been in a bouncing castle and tried to actually move and you are kind of, kind of fast or they've fallen over, it's really difficult. And you're, you're teaching the kids, you're, you're training the kids' muscles, but not, you know, you're not isolating their biceps doing a bicep curl. It's an entire body exercise. And I, we do loads and loads of stuff. More recently, I've incorporated darts. So I literally, I have an eight by four sheet of ply. I leaned it up against the wall and I handed the kids fucking three darts. And I told them, we did it off the mats. They put their shoes on and I explained to them, these things are dangerous. These things are sharp. All you have to do though is hit the board. And I was surprised at how poor they were at throwing the darts at the board. Now, it, 
it comes naturally to me because I've thrown a million darts at a dartboard. But they'd never held a dart before in their lives. And probably wouldn't for another 10 years because, you know, darts are dangerous or whatever. Like, how many 40-year-olds are there who's, who've literally never picked up a dart and thrown it? But you're not teaching them to become good dart players. You're teaching them small joint manipulation, basically. You're, you're, you're teaching them precision. And you're showing them... And I suppose the key thing that you're really showing them is that you get better. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's giving them the experience of becoming better at something through practice. And that's essentially the main goal. If you can drum that into them, if that's all they ever learned from coming down to me, if the only thing they ever learned was the more you do something, the better you become at it, then you're fucking... Your job is done because that that's a life lesson and a half. And we do loads of different things. So I got, I have, what are they called? Brush handles. I had a heap of brush handles down there. And I chopped a couple of them in half. And they have to hold them out in one hand, throw them in the air, and catch them, basically. Now, they just banged their knuckles the first time they did it. And the second time. And the third time. But the 20th time, they fucking caught and then once they were able to, once they were competent in throwing it up in the air, letting it spin and catching it, I moved it onto their left hand. And then I told them, once they were competent with that, I told them to do it with their eyes closed. And you're constantly making it harder and harder and harder and harder as their proficiency increases. And there's, there's something to that. And it's great for me to, to actually see it because it's, it's like what I'm relentlessly harping on about. This idea of knowing something and getting something. We all know that practice makes perfect and blah, blah, fucking blah. But how often, like when was the last time you actively tried to get better at something? And I don't mean the thing that you've been doing forever. You know, you're you're playing guitar 20 years. I don't mean when was the last time you, you learned a new song on the guitar. I mean, when was the last time that you actually tried something new? When was the last time you said, do you know what? I can't fucking solo a ball. I'm going to get a ball and I'm going to fucking throw it up in the air and see if I can fucking solo it. And I'm going to keep doing it every day or every other day until I can fucking do it. We we force these things on our kids and we tell them the importance of practice. That kid, that We try and explain to people that you learn by doing. But again, it's all talk. It's all ego. It's all words. It's You cannot beat doing it yourself or seeing somebody else doing it and something else that I want to incorporate with the warrior training is getting the parents involved because as it stands the parents just kind of sit there on their phones looking around them as the the class goes on for an hour you know they drop them off and then they fucking bring them home whatever but what I'd love to do is get them walking the plank of death because not only will they become more well-rounded and better equipped to do different things but their kids would be able to see oh look it's not just kids that have to learn and have to practice it's adults too and there's there's something really valuable about that it's something that we've missed we live in a society i think that implicitly or explicitly teaches us that you learn something you become proficient in something and that's your job and then once you have a job you have a career and that's it but there's no real try something new part of our culture. At least I don't see it. And it's a shame because there's endless amount of different things out there for people to do. You can't, you can't be too competent, generally. 
And I suppose what's coming out of the wash here is what I'm really teaching the kids and myself is competency. And the interesting thing, or one of the interesting things about competency is the more competent you become, the more competent you're likely to become in the future. It's one of those positive feedback loops that have an actual positive impact instead of a negative impact for a change. Holy shit, it's 20 minutes. Lads, I'll chat to you tomorrow.